Hi, hello, welcome to Bible Soften Tuesday. I'm so glad you joined me this Tuesday. How has your week been going so far? Hope you've been enjoying the new month of July. Never forget that July is the seventh month of the year and seven represents the number of perfection. That means that it will all come together for you in this month. I'm so confident about that. And we've been having weekly prayer meetings that are prophetic in nature. And these prayer meetings have been so, 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 so interesting. We are plotting by ourselves from using God's word the next six months of this year. We are reversing every effect that COVID-19, the lockdown and all that you're supposed to have on you. You know, a lot of governments have been predicting that um, there'll be a recession and all that, but we have chosen by ourselves that if there's going to be a recession, there's going to be any kind of famine or economic instability, it will not affect us. So if you want to plot the next six months of 2020 to reverse those effects, Join us. I mean, the details are on the screen. Just send a text or WhatsApp message that you want to join the prophetic prayer meeting and we'll be glad to have you. We'll just send you a link with which you will join the prayer meeting. It has been awesome. If you've not shared this stream yet, do that now. Start a watch party and I'm glad that you also joined us. Start a watch party and get your friends, your family to join us. God has a word for you. You know, um, I don't know the age you are in, but there's a certain age that if you get to in life, you will realize that um, you, 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 you need to be somewhere where you are not. What I mean by that is that you realize that where you are, the things you've achieved so far, that you are capable of more. There's this thing on your inside that says, there is more to life. There is more to this. Why am I here? Why can't I be there? You know, and on, on some, for some people, when they also get to this age in their life, things go wrong. They've been on and up on tangents, but all of a sudden, things just went wrong. Either they plateaued or they started coming down. And it's usually a source of concern for a lot of people. This is what I call the midlife crisis. The midlife crisis. You get to 40, you start thinking different. You no longer think the way you used to when you're 20. Neither do you think the way you used to when you're 30. Because all of a sudden, life and living in general comes into perspective. You know, you have another look at life. And one of the things that causes that is the realization that your time here on earth is being shortened. That's why a wise person, anytime he celebrates his birthday, should take time out and appraise his or her life and appraise the things he or she has achieved in the past. Then have a reappraisal on how to go on. This is where... You no longer pay lip service to your five-year goal, 
your 10 year old goal. In fact, if you even shorten it to six months goal, one year goal, three months goal, what you need to achieve. No wonder that David said, or prayed to the Lord to teach him to number his days. That is a wise prayer. When you get to that age, you need to start numbering your days because the time you have left is limited. And the Bible says something I want to read for you in um, the book of um, Mark, I believe. Okay, it's in Mark, but I'm going to read the account in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. Um, this was a story where Jesus told his disciples to cross over to the other side while he went up to the mountain to pray. And the Bible says in verse 24, but the sheep was now in the midst of the sea. I don't know if you've been on sea before or if you've traveled on, 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 on the sea before. It gets to a point, few minutes or maybe, yeah, few minutes in the voyage, it gets to a point where you get to a point where you get in the ocean or in the sea or in the river, depending on the body of water you're traveling in, that there is no land anymore in sight. No land. You look to your left, it's just water. You look to your right, it's just water. You look ahead, you look behind, it is just water. It's as if there is no end to the water. And the Bible records that the disciples were in the boat. When they got halfway, <laughs> halfway, that the waves and the wind, which was contrary, tossed their boat up and down. They had a storm. It could be a tornado or something smaller, but it was a serious storm. Now, the fearful thing about this storm is that it's happening midst the sea, in the middle of the sea. You can't say, let us go back, return, or you can't say, let's go further, we'll get to where we're going on time. Either way, it's the same distance. And not only that, you are in the midst of a storm. Question is, what do you do? Now, there's an angle I can teach on, on that verse, about the crisis that usually happens in one's life when they have experienced or enjoyed some success. But that's not the angle I want to go to today. There's something else I want to talk to you about today. So, Start a watch party if you've not. Share the link if you've not. Now, as you ever had colleagues that were promoted at your workplace or you had friends that bought a new home or have you jumped on social media and you see one friend either getting engaged or the other one having a baby and you're like, oh, when will it be my turn? I mean, can you identify with that? Okay. Let me switch it a little bit. Now, I want you to think about this. Did you line up for your lunch today? Or when I mean line up at the food bank today? Or are you listening to this broadcast on the street homeless? Or are you in the hospital? 
probably sick and you're tuned in. So at times, when we start, or when our thoughts start going to the area I mentioned at first, you see the successes of your friends, you see the successes of those you think you are pairs, and you are no place compared to where they are. I wanted to think about this other part. Where are you at the moment? Are you sick? Are you hungry? Are you homeless? Do you have clothes on your back? Just to balance out the other thoughts. And there's a reason why I say that. We need to realize that in life, that our paths are totally different. So when you start judging where you are now with where other people are or the experiences of other people, you need to pause and think first. You shouldn't do that because our lives are different. Our destinies are different. Our destination as well are different. What I would love you to do in that kind of moment is to first look back. Look back. Because if you look back at your life, if you look back at your achievements in life, you will notice something. You will notice that there are some things you've achieved. You also notice that you are better than a lot of people. And that is the truth. You are much, much, much better than a lot of people. So don't judge where you are with the lives of your friends. Don't ever do that. And like I said earlier, um, people have different um, journeys in life. And it's like the traffic light. If you drive, I'm sure you've been at a junction with a traffic light. And um, when the traffic light says red, stop. Do you know what that means? It means that you should halt. And when you are halted at the stop line, that same traffic light has signaled to different vehicles on a different lane, possibly opposite or perpendicular to where you are, to go. So as your light facing you or directing you is red, for some other people, it is green. And that is the way life is. You might be waiting at that junction, that junction where you are now in life, and other cars are going past. Don't judge your waiting or feel envious of those that are moving. Do you know why? Number one, if the cars coming from the opposite direction are moving and you're halted, one thing you should realize at a moment is that the direction that they are headed to is completely opposite the direction you are headed to. That alone should calm you down. You should just say, oh, we are headed different directions. I might be delayed. I might be holding on for a bit. I will still start my own journey, but I'm headed towards a different direction than they're headed. So there's no need for me to be envious of the vehicle going the opposite direction. And that's the same way it is. Your destinations, your purposes, 
are different. So just calm it. Calm down. Calm down. Don't compare your life with others. Don't do that. Very soon, your red light is going to turn to amber, which means get ready to move. Then it will turn green, signaling you for you to move. It's just a matter of time. And by the time you are moving, that vehicle headed to a different direction may get to another junction and stop. Now, because you've gone and headed your towards your own purpose, you fail to realize that that same vehicle is going to stop in the future or might have even stopped in a different junction before both of you met at that junction. So you see, people succeeding, achieving things in life, you don't know their story. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know the, the, the challenges that they've had to cope with and survive. So instead of envying them, focus on your own journey. So there's a second scenario I want to paint for you. Now, if um, you're on a highway, could be a three-lane, four-lane, two-lane highway, now there are several cars headed the same direction, right? And this might be, you know, an analogy for people you think you have the same purpose, like maybe ministers, you know, um, or politicians, or career lawyers, or bankers. Now you're in the same industry or in the same field, you're headed the same direction. Now there are a lot of things that happen on the highway. Oh, for instance, um, some cars might be faster than yours because of several reasons. One could be that they have um, bigger engines. One could be is that could be that the driver is uh, a reckless driver or 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 not really reckless. Yeah, some are reckless. On the other hand, the driver could be in a haste. There's somewhere he's going to and he needs to get there on time. So he takes a little bit of risk on the highway. And some could just be human factors. Some people just don't want to move fast. They're just on a leisure ride. They're not in a hurry to get to where they're going to. So they're just taking it easy and all that. So while the others are daring, they're not afraid of being caught by the Lord. They're not afraid of this or that. Or they're just in a haste. There's something they need to catch up with, you know. And this happens on the highway. Don't also judge. Don't also judge. Your speed, where you are, the kind of car you're driving, based on the other person's car, their speed and where they are, on the highway. If you leave early, if you start your journey early, you will arrive early. If you have a better car with a better engine, you arrive early, you arrive faster, and you can also arrive in comfort if you're driving a luxury car. So, all these things are things that the driver or the owner of the car has acquired in life. Now, if you pay the price for knowledge, you'll be equipped. Your engine size in this um, instance might be bigger 
than the engine size of the Vauxhall Corsair that did not pay the price as you did in getting knowledge. Now, because you got that knowledge, you have that information, you are going to have a better chance on the highway of life. You might run at a better speed. You might run in comfort because you're driving a luxury car. This is the way it is in life. So if you pay the price for knowledge, you have an edge. If you pay the price of God for God's presence, you also have an edge. So if you're in your jalopy and you're having those in their luxury car, you should find out the price they've paid to get there and pay the same price. Before you know it, you change your Vauxhall Corsa to a better car, to a Mercedes, to a BMW, to a Tesla Model S or Model Y or Model X or whatever model it is. So don't also look at that person. If you want to be, a, be like that person, don't envy, don't be jealous, go pay the price. Therefore, some, they're in a haste. And one of the reasons why they might be in a haste is because of what is chasing them. Now, when you see the thing that, that they say like where I'm coming from, and I'm not sure I, I, I can remember it exactly as it is, but it's something in this context. That when you see, I don't know if it's a goat or whatever, a white, is it a white goat or something running during the day, that something is chasing it, something like that. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me if I don't remember it clearly. But something like that, when you see somebody running in the middle of the day, in the middle of the street, something definitely is chasing them. Now, what might be chasing them is their acknowledgement, understanding of time. Now, a lot of people are not where they are supposed to be in life yet because they don't have a deep understanding of time. The revelation of time will add a little gas to your step, will add a little spring to your step. It will give you the sense of urgency. Now, imagine if you are 40 and you've not achieved nothing in life and you understand time, you know you have a short time. So that knowledge alone puts a spring on your step, puts a spring to your step. So you see that person on the highway moving fast. Something is chasing him. It could be time. It could be time. Now, let's use Jesus for an example. And the Bible says something. That's Peter on the day of Pentecost was preaching to the thousands. In Acts chapter 2, verse 23, he said something about Jesus. He said, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan. So it was God's deliberate plan for Jesus to be killed. Now imagine Jesus' purpose here on earth is to die. So he was alive to die. And he died at 33 and a, and a half years old after doing ministry for a short three and a half years. Now, it, was, it looked as if Jesus was in a hurry. He was in a hurry to achieve his, his purpose. And he understood his purpose. He understood the timing and he finished everything he came to do at the right time. So Jesus did not die a premature death. He died a death at the right time for the right purpose.
to deliver the right result. So he looked at him, Jesus was in a hurry. Now you look at Jesus and you want to be like Jesus and you, want, and you go ahead and die at 33 and a half years. Your parts are not the same. That's what I'm saying. Your parts are not the same. So you need to have a clear direction. You need to have a clear insight of what your path is. And at the right season, you will do well to fulfill it at the right season. Have a clear understanding and picture of your vision and purpose. Have a clear directive on how to go about it. The Bible says something in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I'll read from the NIV translation. It says, there is time for everything and a season for everything under the heaven. And I'm going to talk to you now about David and I end with this. We'll continue next Tuesday. So make sure you keep a date with me next Tuesday by 6 p.m. on the same platform. If you've not um, followed us yet, this is the time to do that. Click on the follow button. Click on the like button on Facebook. Go If you're watching on YouTube, just subscribe and click on the bell icon so you get notified whenever we are streaming life. Now, David is a good example. David was anointed king as a teenager, but he did not step into office till he was 30. Anointed king as a teenager did not step into office till he was 30. For a space of about 12 to 18 years, he was running from Saul, his adversary, living in the desert, hopping from one place to the other just to keep alive, though he was anointed king. Though he was anointed king. But Saul, that was the king, was on the throne for 40 years. Listen to that. 40 years. He was on the throne. But he was on the throne for 40 years, though God has rejected him. So that is why I said, don't judge where you are in life based on another person's success. Now, for somebody observing these two characters, without having a backstory of what, I've ha- what has happened, will automatically think that Saul is succeeding. That Saul was successful. Not knowing that he was rejected by God. Though he was rejected by God, he still was on the throne as a king. A lot of people that are succeeding, they could be doing a crazy business, but they are succeeding. They will be involved in crime and they are succeeding. Don't envy them. Don't envy them. David said that he saw those that were succeeding, the rich, getting richer, the wicked, prospering. And he was like, God, what is going on? He said, hey, until he went to the house of the Lord. Like you're in God's house right now, listening to me. Listening to his word. And God showed him that this man has been set. Their feet has been set in slippery places. That means that they're going to fall and crash. So they might appear successful, but they are not successful. In the eyes of God. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody is successful has bad success. No. There are people succeeding 
and they're succeeding right. What I'm saying is that you don't know the backstory. What I'm saying is that don't judge your own experiences with another person's experience. And the person I talked about, the observer, observing these two characters of David and Saul without having the backstory, would have said that David is a failure. In fact, would have <laughs> castigated David. He would have said, see, you did not serve your master well. That is why you are now a riffraff. That is why you are now a vagabond, running helter-skelter, running around in the desert and in the bushes, like, a, like an outcast. That is what a normal, rational observer that who does not have the backstory would have said. Who are we to judge? We shouldn't judge. We shouldn't judge people because you don't know what is going on. You have no idea of where they're coming from. Neither do you have an idea of where they're going to. You don't have any idea of their process. So don't judge them. Don't judge them. Just imagine it. David was put through stress, was an outcast, was through pain. He was even hungry at a point. You know, he went through a lot. And this was a boy that just saved a nation. He should have been given the highest, <laughs> you know, recognition and honor in the land. He should have been, the, he should have, he should have been given the presidential medal. He should have been given the G, GCFR, you know, honor. He would have been knighted. I even made the Lord. He should have even made the Lord. But no. He was running. He was a vagabond. He was an outcast. But in all of those things, David kept. Kept. Good character. Had a fantastic attitude. He never complained. He never, you know, murmured and all that. Because he was going through his process. Now, you might be somewhere where you, you don't want to or where you think you shouldn't be. I'm just here to let you know that you are being prepared for where you're going to. Do you know David had an opportunity to kill Saul twice? Some of us would like be like, oh, since God has anointed me, that means I have the authority to be king. If I kill Saul... I will be in God's purpose. But he never did that. He didn't take the opportunity to fast track his own wishes and desires. He submitted to God's plan. He submitted to God's purposes. And he let God do what he's supposed to do. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians 2 verse 10. The Bible says that for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned. That means we need to know his plan. That means we need to know his purpose and submit to it and wait for it because as they say, God's time remains the best. God's time remains the best. All we just need to do is to submit to it. So in conclusion, I want to read Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plan. Some translation says, For I know the thoughts I think about you. It says, Thought of good, not of evil, to give you a hope, to give you a good end. 
to give you an expected end. So God has good plans for us. We just need to submit to it. Because if we submit to it, we're going to have a hope and a future that is in line with God's plan. The next verse now says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. So instead of being envious, instead of being concerned and being bothered about where you are currently in life, it is time to seek God's face. We need to go back to God, seek his face. And he said, well, we seek his face and call on him. Rather, we need to go back to God and call on him. We need to go back to God and call on him and come to him and pray. And he promised us something that he will listen when we do that. He now said that we will seek him and we will find him if we seek with all our hearts. That is what we should be invested in doing. We need to go back to God. We need to find out from God what his plans are for us. Every product has a manual. Every product, like if you go buy um, some equipment, there is a manual on how to operate their equipment. Now, some of the things you also buy also has an expiry date. What does that mean? You know you just cannot die until you have fulfilled your purpose. So the fear of death is eliminated. People that fear death are people that don't know their purpose. Because if you know your purpose, you know how long you have to fulfill it. So the fear of death automatically is gone. It becomes a non-issue. You fear death no longer. The fear of death becomes a non-issue. You fear death no longer. So this is very important. The next verse now says, And I'll be fine by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when God finds us, he will reverse every failures of the past. He will erase every mistakes we've made. And if we've veered off our path, he will bring us back on track. And he will add speed. Now, if you're here, listening to me, and that is your experience, the Lord is going to add speed to you and accelerate your journey. He will reverse the time lost and replenish it for you. The Bible says something in Proverbs 16, verse 2 to 5. So what you need to do is this. This is how I end. He said, all a person's ways may seem pure. It might seem right to them. But the motives are weighed by God. That is why we should always tender our plans to God to be sure that they align with his purpose for us. So commit your ways to God, whatever you do, and he will establish it. You know, you establish your plans. So the Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Even that was... The wicked ones that might, you know, made you thereof. God says, see, don't worry that they are also being prepared for the day of disaster. Oh my God. So don't even look at the wicked one and say, hey, 
This man is wicked. I know him. How come he's succeeding? But I've been serving God from my youth and I'm not succeeding. I've heard a lot of ladies say that, hey, I know this girl. While we were in school, she was this, that, that, that. She was notorious. But she's married now. She has kids. But I kept myself. I was the holiest of all. Holy Mwerja. Kept myself. To marry is a problem. Some of them finally not married. To have a child is a problem. And it confuses them. How come? I obeyed all the principles. I obeyed all the laws. Yet, I'm not getting the results of, in quotes, the laws I've I've obeyed. First, let me just say this in passing. When you think that obeying all the laws is a basis for God to bless you, then you are still thinking like those under the law. Because the righteousness of the law is trying to obey the law to its fullest so you can find favor with God. But it's not so for us. We Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Disclaimer. Listen. Listen. You don't need to obey all the laws for God to do what he has said to do for you. So what's the disclaimer there? That doesn't mean you shouldn't live right. You should live right. You should bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit and live right. What I'm saying is that your obedience to the law is not the reason why God will bless you. It was the reason in the old covenant. It isn't the reason in the new. What you just need in the new to get God's promises fulfilled in your life is faith in one man Who has obeyed all the law (laughs) for us? The Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill the law. He has come to fulfill the law. He has come to fulfill all righteousness. When we put our faith in his fulfillment of the law, which we call the finished work of Christ, then through faith, we have access to grace. The Bible says that it is by faith so that it will be of grace. That means for you to experience grace, which is God doing everything that you cannot do for you for free and has given it to you as a gift, you just need to put faith in Jesus Christ. You just need to put faith in the word of God. And that is it. Everything that you believe for without doubting will come to you. That is all you need. So never again should you say, I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other one, I've done the other one. So this should happen. Therefore, that should happen. No. Jesus has done it all. Just come boldly by faith and receive. And this will be your story. Stephen speaking in Acts chapter 13 verse 36 about David said, I love this. He said, now, when David have served his own purpose, have served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. And this is my prayer for you. You cannot die and you will never die until you fulfill 
every single one of your purpose here on earth. Nothing, no one has the right to touch your life until you fulfill God's purpose here on earth. So I wanted to commence that journey, that quest of discovering your purpose. Because when you discover your purpose, you will no longer beat around the bush. You will no longer shadow box. You will be focused and you will have pinpoint focus. You will avoid distractions because you can't anymore. And you will keep on the highway of life, driving towards your purpose at the right speed in the right vehicle. And you will arrive. I'm going to continue from here next week. In this our series, The Traffic Lights Mystery. And next Tuesday, I'll go deep into the traffic life mystery. And the traffic life mystery is all about when do you know when to stop at the red light? When do you know when to get ready to move at the amber? And when do you know to move? When do you know to take opportunities? How can you decipher the right opportunities to take them at the right time? And not just take an opportunity because it sounds good. How can you tell where God wants you to be at or do or what God wants you to do at the right time? That's one of the things we are going to discuss next week, Tuesday. I look forward to having you. But join me tomorrow. We're having our prophetic prayer meeting by 8 o'clock. Send a text message, a WhatsApp message to the address on your screen. So we'll send you the link to join the prayer meeting. It's getting hotter. It's getting hotter. I can sense in my spirit that God is doing a mighty work in our lives. Miracles and testimonies are already coming in. I want you to be part of it. So I'll see you tomorrow by 8 p.m. GMT, 3 p.m. Eastern Time in the U.S., 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And I think it's 10 p.m. or is it 9 p.m. in Dubai? Just need to check that, the Middle Eastern Time. And let's hold on to God for a change. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow.